This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. And so I'm going to continue a bit on what we shared last week. You know, we spoke about the sin of apathy, indifference. You know, and I think one of the reasons why a lot of people fall into comfort zones and they become indifferent is because they cannot see. And I spoke about the Good Samaritan. You know, the Good Samaritan, he could see the need of these people on the road, you know, and this specific robber that just came to attack this guy. And it was just like crazy, you know. The priest and the Levite, they were going on their way to do their religious duty, but they couldn't see. The Levite even looked, but he didn't see. Uh, The Samaritan saw and he had compassion. And so many times in Scripture, you know, the people that had vision and could see, they could go through the difficult circumstances. But if you lose your sight, it's so difficult. Then you have to sort of feel your way through things, you know. And that's that's what I'm going to talk about, the, the gift of sight and spiritual sight. Because uh, we talk about prophecy a lot. And I was reading it this week, just um, amazing prophecies that was given about Jesus you know if you think of somebody like Isaiah that lived 700 years before Christ and then he came and he prophesied like Isaiah 53 you know Isaiah 6 where he saw the Lord just beautiful scriptures of the kingdom of God but many years hundreds of years before Christ came Isaiah saw you know I love that part in Isaiah chapter 6 where he says and he saw the Lord you know and so we, we have this tendency in, in, in the church and as believers, you know, some people say like, yeah, I'm very spiritual. And then other people say, no, I'm more pragmatic. I don't see visions. I'm, so I'm not talking about just supernatural experiences. I'm talking about the ability to have vision and to go forward, even in the time where everything around us may seem like it's falling apart. You know, uh, right from the word go, listen to what the temptation was about. I want to read in Genesis 3 verse 5. It says, for God knows, this is Satan speaking to Adam and Eve, and especially to Eve. It says, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. This was part of the temptation. You know, the devil said, did God really say it's bad to eat of this tree? But then he says this, your eyes will be open. And what happened with the fall and with sin entering in is, yes, their eyes were open, but for good and evil, not for the Lord. And that's why they were covered in glory, but they had to then cover themselves with leaves. Isn't that amazing? So now the world is always about covering, always about hiding from God, hiding from the real us, you know. And when we have the ability to see, then we have this ability to come and walk in the fullness of God. And so I want to encourage us. God wants to give us sight. You know, just this week uh, to share a testimony, I was jogging on the beach and I was, you know, just enjoying life out there, the beautiful nature. And at a moment I was jogging past a specific guy and I thought like, oh, you know, but I just had this impression like, yeah, something isn't right. You know, something this guy is really struggling with something. And I jogged almost a kilometer on and then I just couldn't get rid of this feeling, yeah, um, that I need to go and pray for this guy. So I turned around, uh, said, Lord, if he's still there, then you know what's going to happen? We, we, um, I'll pray for him. And so I jogged back and there he was. And I said to him, hey, you know, I, I don't know, I don't want to interrupt your life, but can, can I pray for you? 
And it so happened that this guy was on his way to take his life. Uh, and I could just minister to him and pray. It's, you know, it's a young man, a teenager, you know, well-dressed guy. Just like when you look on the outside, hey, everything seems normal. But there was an opportunity to minister. There was an opportunity to pray, you know. And so um, I was talking to Johan, the cameraman, just now now. And we said, like, how many times does God not say, yeah, yeah, you know, you have an impression about this friend or this person. And then you say, like, yeah, yeah I thought about you this week. But the Holy Spirit is always aware of what's going on with our friends. And that's why, hey, phone that friend. Pray for that friend. Don't just go blindly through this life. Because that's one of the things Jesus promised in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He said, hey, I've come to open up the blind eyes. Is that just natural? No, firstly, spiritual. And so he wants us, especially in this time of Corona and this virus, he wants you to have vision, to be able to see. Because if you can't see, it's going to be very difficult. If you don't have hope, you know, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. So what begins to happen is we just look at our circumstances. That's all we see. So the question that I have is, like Satan asks Eve, you know, do you really want to see? Do you really want to see spiritually? Because there's a cost involved when you see, you know. Uh, I always thought like, yeah, when it comes to my calling and knowing what the Lord wants for my life, then I prayed a lot and I waited for a long time. I said, Lord, I want the big picture. I want everything. But you know what? God will just give you enough. He will show you enough about your future for you to be obedient to. And so he can only take you as far as your last step of obedience. And so there's enough light for you to walk in. But when it comes to the things of God, to be able to see God, hey, the veil has been torn about who God is. And so last week we had a big group and this was just this beautiful picture that I'm reminded of. Um, and that's where the sermon came from when we ministered on, on Sunday night, just after the worship. Uh, the, this was the vision. The vision was like the, there's somebody driving in a car and uh, the windscreen has misted up. You can't see anything. Uh, and so this person who's driving the car is really frantically trying to clean out the windscreen to be able to see into the future, to be able to see where the car needs to drive. But they couldn't because it just like messed it up all the time. And then uh, the next moment I saw the Lord standing behind or sitting behind him and just clearing out the window. But the difference was when God clears out the window, the person saw the reflection of God and didn't see the future where the car needed to drive. And so I just felt that's an invitation for us to really see who God is now in this time and not to just bug the Lord for, for our future or for our calling, but the Lord wants to reveal who He is. And this is a prayer that we see in Scripture so many times, you know. Just one more testimony, and there's a couple of them. Uh, yeah, one day I was walking across the street in Port Elizabeth. I actually was reminded of this story uh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and as I was, there was three roads going this way or three um, paths this way and three this way. It was like a ma massive um, main road there in PE. As I was walking across, as I started walking, I just felt sure I need to phone this specific guy. Yeah, and um, in the middle of the road, I picked up the phone and I just phoned him. I said, hey, I, I don't know, but I need to phone you right now. Yeah. And it so happened that he was in a very, he was busy crying at that moment in a very, you know, just demonic attack on his life. And, and I, when I got to the other side, I was praying for him on the phone. 
And I could just feel how that heaviness lifted. Because do you know what? Uh, as Christians, we shouldn't go blindly through this life. And that's why we have each other. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. So when we come to seeing, we, the first thing that we see is we have to see what the Father is doing. A lot of people are into conspiracy theories at the moment. A lot of people are in reaction. But if you don't see what the Father is doing, then you are going to begin to react to your circumstances. And, and then it's tough because now you rely on yourself. Remember what Proverbs 3 says, you know, do not trust in your own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding, but trust the Lord with all your heart. So listen to this in John chapter 5 about the life of Jesus. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him. This is John chapter 5. Verse 18 to 20, John 5, 18 to 20, it says, Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Verse 19, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Verse 20, for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Wow. You know, when we lose our marvel of God, it's when we take our eyes off who God is and what he is doing. And this is what Jesus says. He says he's only doing what he sees the father do. So the ability to see the father and know your identity in Christ is so important in this time. Don't react don't try and find your identity in other things around yourself because it's so easy to look at those things and then live in reaction. But this relationship that Jesus had with the Father is so beautiful. He only did what he saw the Father do. I want, I want to read that verse again in verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. Nothing is nothing you can pronounce it in chinese and say nothing or whatever you want to say it's nothing but what he sees the father do for whatever he does the son will do in like manner that that doesn't mean like we need to be in over spiritual drive all the time and have our spiritual antennas on and run around and you know and be into striving it's just a place of rest because your focus is not on the future your focus is on god and so the, there's a couple of tough scriptures because what, what happens, and I said this, when God reveals what's our next step of obedience, He will sometimes allow suffering in our lives and tough times like we are in right now. A lot of people are in tough times, but you have to make that decision. Are you going to look to God or are you going to look into your circumstances? Because hey, Jesus learned one thing through suffering. Hebrews 5 says it. He learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And, and so this is so important because a lot of people can actually miss the season in their life. Because what God wants you, maybe if you're going through a tough time, what God wants you to learn is obedience through this tough time. And it's not because he's a slave driver, it's because you know him, because you've seen who God is. And this is so beautiful about Jesus, the ability to walk in the fullness of God, the ability to say, I can do nothing of myself. And maybe that's a good prayer to start. Just say, Lord, I can do nothing of myself. I have no ability on myself, you know. And so I want, I want, I want to challenge you. you know, there was another time 
And I like sharing these testimonies, but when I was in Indrach Kusa, it's a couple of years ago, maybe three or four years ago, no, maybe more. But um, I, I, I was going past, I was walking past Dachbrück residence the morning and I was going, I was quite on my way back to the residence. And so the Holy Spirit just said to me, go and buy bread. And I thought like, no, no. And there's this little place, it was called The Force, it's this little restaurant. So I went in bought bread I didn't actually have a lot of money as a student so I thought like this is so weird that the Lord is saying this to me but then I just had this piece of bread so I walked up and when I got to the second floor there was a guy coming down the stairs I'll never forget it in my life and I you know as I'm walking past him I felt the Lord said to me hey give it to him and just tell him that I love him and I thought like no you know there's just no way I don't know the guy and um and I was actually two meters past already up the stairs and I just felt this uh, this conviction. And I just turned around, went down, I said to him, hey, you know, I don't know why, but I, I need to give you this piece of bread. Um, and then the guy just, I'll never forget, he went back, he went to stand against the wall and he just started to weep. And he said, you know what? I've lost hope in my life. I've lost my faith in God. And I've just, before I left my room, I said, God, if you exist, will you please send a stranger to me that gives me a piece of bread? And then he must say the following, the Lord loves you. He knows what you're going through. Is, 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 now, what's the chance? <laughs> what's the chance of that, you know, happening? Maybe one in a billion? I don't know. But there's no chance with God in your life. There's no chance. God doesn't. God is not a foreign God. He's not an up there God. He knows all the detail that you are looking for. He knows your future. Will you trust Him? But don't look to that. Look to Him. And that's so difficult for us because we are human. We, what we do is we look to ourselves. We try to save ourselves. We, we, go, we go and, ah, uh, you know. And so the second thing is the mysteries of God. And this is something, you know, that, and this is going to come maybe across a bit strong. There are many people in the charismatic church that talks about the Lord said, the Lord told me, oh, my Jona Machantas. Yeah. And then I just want to say, okay, okay, let, let's, let, let's not be over spiritual. That's great if the Lord tells you, but, but how did God speak to you? How did God reveal that to you? Because if you are going to look in scripture, there are certain principles on how God speaks to you. But sometimes we abuse this word, the Lord said to me. Yeah, the Lord told me. Yeah, there was this one lady the other day. She just said, the Lord told me I must leave the church. I said, okay, now what, what did your friends say? Is there a witness? Is there a spiritual witness of the people around you? Because God places you in a family. What does the word say? And, um, you know, she, she was sort of a leader. It's quite a long time ago. She was sort of a leader and responsible for other people. I said like, oh, you know, I, I think you, you're not taking responsibility you're running away because maybe you're offended. Maybe that's the reason. Oh, and the person didn't like me at all. You know? Because sometimes we say the Lord said, but the Lord never speaks in isolation. And especially if you're going through a tough time, don't trust your heart. <laughs> Scripture says the heart is deceitful above all things. So what you need to do is you need to slot into relationships and be accountable to other people because a lot of the ways God speak, and if you read scripture, it's like that. Yeah, People around you will confirm what you feel or think about God. So, so be careful just to say, oh, I feel this, or the Lord spoke. 
But the amazing thing is once you have that surety because it does speak, but remember it's not a feeling, it's not just emotions, it's because you've seen what God is and sometimes God is going to speak to you especially when there's tough times. That's when he wants to get your attention. But hey, it's like Moses with the burning bush. Hey, there were lots of burning bushes, but this one spoke and he had to stop and he had to give attention to what God says, because God is not always going to speak in the way that you and I think. huh? We, we want to say, Lord, speak to me in this way, but don't speak to me through that person or don't speak to me through this. But the Lord speaks to us through nature, through circumstance, through especially the family that we belong to. So if you're going through a tough time, stick with family stick with your spiritual family if you don't know for sure ask them what what do you think the lord is saying people that know you people that love you people that you trust so listen to in first corinthians chapter 2 verse 7 to 12 but we speak the wisdom of god in a mystery the hidden wisdom which god ordained before the ages for our glory verse 8 which none of the rulers of this age knew for had they known they would not have crucified the lord of glory so it says like there's a mystery if they knew God's will, they would not have crucified Jesus because hey, they, did, they thought like God can operate like this. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear has heard nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who loved him. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10. But God has revealed him to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. The old King James says, yeah, you know, yeah, the deep things of God. It's a bit Australian. But so, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So this is, this is powerful because it says like God brings his life and he reveals it to us in a mystery. You know, I was, I was speaking to a, to a guy yesterday. And we were talking about the mystery of a guy and a lady that comes together and gets married, you know. It's like you see these opposites and you think like, you know, there's nothing that can crush a guy so much like a broken heart of a lady, you know. Guys can be out there in these warriors and all this stuff. But yeah, when that lady breaks your heart, oh, you know. But the Bible says even that marriage is a mystery. It's, it's not supposed to work in the natural. So God speaks to us in mysteries. And God speaks to us through hidden things. He doesn't just stand here and say, hey, this is it. This is my will. This is my 20-year plan for your life. Why? Because you and I will mess it up. So what does he do? He gives us enough to be obedient to. He gives us enough for the next step. So what you need to ask God is not say, God, take me out of the circumstance. You need to say, God, what must I do to enter into the next season of my life? How, what, what obedient step must I take? Because even if it's like crazy around you, and everybody's losing their jobs or whatever, then you say, Lord, what's my next step of obedience? Because that obedience will open up the key for the next step. But so God speaks to us in mysteries, he reveals himself in mysteries. Jesus many times spoke in parables. Isn't that amazing? You know, just the fact that he used ordinary things that through the ages people would be able to relate to. But he didn't always interpret those, those uh, parables, eh? did he? Sometimes he just walked on. And those who are hungry to find out the mystery, to find out, you know, did we not hear the kingdom is like a pearl of greatest price that's hidden and you have to search for it. Search, look, knock, and it will be open for you. Ask, scripture says. So God isn't just going to share his mysteries with everybody. 
You know, that's unfortunately what we do as the charismatic church is we just say, oh, you're everybody. No, God wants to trust you and he wants to trust me. Can he trust us with these mysteries? That's the question. And so God is a loving father and he wants to reveal his will. But you need to search. You need to ask. You need to knock on the door. <laughs> and that's not easy because our flesh just wants to go for the natural. And that's why you can go and read this prayer in Ephesians 1 verse 15 to 18. Paul prays. He says, I, I've heard of your faith. I've heard of your love for all the saints. In verse 16, he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Ephesians 1 verse 15 to 18, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. God has placed something in the saints in the people around you, beautiful riches and glory. And so the Holy Spirit wants to reveal those mysteries. He wants to bring this. He wants to be the spirit of revelation and wisdom and knowledge and might and the fear of the Lord. That's what Isaiah 11 verse 2 says, is the seven-folded spirit of God. But are you and I willing to go there? Are we willing to say like that Samaritan, you know? Because the amazing thing is it was a rocky road. Remember what I said last week? He was traveling up the road and he took a massive risk. The priest and the Levite didn't want to take that risk. They, they, they thought like, hey, no, I'm just religiously going to go forward. Because the risk was if he would have walked down and would have looked at that guy, he opened himself up to be robbed as well. That's the risk. Are you willing to be vulnerable? Are you willing to say, Lord, I'm not in control? And God is allowing these times, but he's also saying, hey, I want to give you the keys of the kingdom. I, I want to show you how you're going to go through the storm in your life. But you know, they always say like when there's a storm in your life, then fix your compass on north. Remain on north. You know, <clears throat> don't react to the wave from this side. Don't react from, to the wave from this side, because then you're going to go just round in circles. And a lot of people like the Jews in the Old Testament, they just go round in circles. Why? Because of the sin of disobedience. But God wants to take you into the promised land. That's his heart. He's not a spoiled sport. He's not like, hey, this old man with a stick up there. He's like an amazing father and he wants the best for you and he wants the best for me. But are we willing to ask the right questions? Are we willing to say, Lord, what is that step of obedience I need to take that will open up the door? You know, we see it so beautifully, our people in the Old Testament and the New Testament, their eyes were opening up. Some saw angels and they just like, he thought like the army was great. And then when the Lord opened up his eyes, he just saw millions of angels. You know, so don't just see the demons. There are two thirds angels and one third is demons that have fallen angels. You know, so see more angels than what you see demons. Otherwise, you don't really have discernment. You know, otherwise you're just in fear. And so we cannot, as the church, be crippled by fear. This is the time for us to prophesy. It's the ability to speak God's will. This is the time for us to walk into people's lives and say, hey, the Lord is with you. This is the time to sometimes stop the bus and say, hey, <clears throat> look, here, I'm going to I'm going to serve you as that good Samaritan did. Um, and so so that's an invitation. Are you willing to see? But there's a cost involved. Uh, the Lord isn't giving us cheap mysteries at this stage. You know, in the beginning, when you just get saved, everything just goes like this. Aha. And then the Lord says, hey, grow up. <laughs> I don't want you just to, to live your relationship with me based on emotions or feelings or because of your needs. 
It's like the Samaritan. Hey, there's some other people that's dying along the road. And should you be perfect? No, that's not what God is asking. But He wants you to see. He wants you to look at those opportunities when you can stop and say, Hey, I'm going to minister. I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to move. And I'm, you know, I, I, I have friends in the Middle East that plant churches, but just in a different way. They pray for three years and say, God, give us the man of peace in that place. Then they meet that guy at the telephone booth, give him a, a bag full of stuff, your training material and all that stuff. And they say, hey, we're going to meet you here in a year again. And a year later, that guy is a pastor with a couple of hundred people in his church. Yeah. But they meet that one person, lead him to the Lord, that man and that woman of peace. You know, beautiful what God is doing of people that are following him not because they're looking to their circumstances because they've become an obedient generation and that's what i want to pray for us that god will make us implicitly obedient to what the holy spirit says and what we see the father do at this stage because god is moving god is doing amazing stuff the whole earth is full of his glory remember that's what the angels say holy 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 is the lord god almighty the whole earth is full of his glory some people just see corona but look to the glory of God. Look to what, like Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. And that's what the Lord wants to open us up to see his reflection in that window uh, where there's just been missed. He's going to clear it, but not for the future, for seeing him. So I want to pray for us. Father, I want to thank you for everyone that's listening to me. Lord, thank you that you're opening up the eyes of our understanding in this time to see you, to see you high and lifted up. Lord, <clears throat> like Isaiah like so many people in the scriptures, Lord, <clears throat> we confess that we're sometimes blind, that we're reactionary to our circumstances, that we're trapped in fear. But Lord, come and remove your fear from the church. Come and remove your fear from our hearts. Your, not your fear, the world's fear, but Lord, give us your fear. <laughs> give us your understanding. Open up the eyes of our understanding to see who you are and where you are moving. Father, we repent of disobedience of sometimes, Lord, just reacting. But Lord, thank you for the keys of the kingdom. Thank you for the spirit of revelation that you're releasing. And Lord, especially to prophesy, especially, Lord, to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you so much. And we want to thank you that you're with us, that we're not alone, we're not forsaken. We're not just trying stuff on our own. But you are with us and we can be co-laborers with you in this time. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.